Speaking truth to power on all platforms. You're listening to Sanity with Jesse Wyatt. I believe that humanity is at the precipice of an evolutionary leap. Our chosen character structures will determine whether we move forward and make progress or whether we move backwards to our demise. Join me on my journey as we work to move humanity forward. Now in regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering to meet him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, do not be quickly unsettled or alarmed, either by a spirit or a message or a letter alleged to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Let no one in any way deceive or entrap you, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That is the rebellion, the abandonment of the faith, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming that he himself is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now? It is so that he will be revealed at his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only until he who now restrains him is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed and the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the Antichrist, listen to this, is won through the activity of Satan with great power and deceptive signs and false wonders, wonderful lies, and by unlimited seduction to evil and with all the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing, because they do not welcome the love of the truth so as to be saved. Because of this, God will send them a strong deception so that they will believe the lie in order that all may be judged and condemned who do not believe the truth, but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness. But we should, in our morally obligated, always to give thanks to God for you, believers, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and by our faith in the truth. 2 Thessalonians 2. So people are probably asking, Jesse, what's with the the biblical reading? That's a little heavy, isn't it? And I'm saying, no, it's not. It's not heavy. It's extremely timely. It's extremely timely because for too long, There are those who want to promote the Bible and Christianity as their own, when in actuality they're twisting the truth. 
They're twisting the truth and they're, they're taking to the Bible to make it their own, to fit their materialistic desires, to satisfy their itching ears. And it's time that they be called out. And it's time that true believers start using the scripture with confidence to speak the truth the way that, the way that it should be spoken. I just read a verse that I believe speaks of our time. It speaks of a man of lawlessness, a man of lawlessness, a man of lawlessness, Donald Trump, a man who operates outside of the laws and the structures of our society, who has a criminal record, who certainly doesn't respect the law when it applies to him or his political agenda and doesn't expect his followers to follow the law either. So you have mention of a man of lawlessness in scripture. And this man of lawlessness deceives, deceives, he lies, he lies. And this, this verse comes right out to say that they will believe the lie, not a lie or the lies, but the lie. It sounds like something we're going through, a lie, a big lie, a big lie that attacks the cornerstone of our democracy. And that is that our election was rigged and that it was stolen, that it was stolen, that the election was stolen from the man of lawlessness. Interesting. So we have a large portion of our country that, that believes the big lie, that proclaims Christianity as their religion, that goes to church every Sunday, that claims to speak the truth. But is this anything new, twisting the scriptures? No, this is what that destructive character structure does. They take the truth and they take life and they take what is real and they distort it. They distort it so that they can use it to cover their guilt. They, they did it. The big lie in this country used to be slavery. The biggest defenders of slavery love to quote scripture, love to proclaim the truth of Christ, but twist and distort it in a way that suits their sinful choices. So I'm not shy on reading the scriptures. I'm not shy and we, we should not be shy. In fact, we need to give it back to them. Give it back the way it was meant to be heard. Because right now, a lot of people are being deceived. They're being deceived and they're taking delight in these lies. They're finding life and joy in them. So when they, when they feel justified, when they use scriptures, and really feel full of, full of themselves. They're quick to attack. They're quick to attack. They're quick to use the scriptures. They're quick to use every single different tactic, every different argument that exists in their relentless attack on God's people, on people who possess the truth. Relentless. Since Biden was inaugurated, 
I have seen people come at me in directions that I couldn't even foresee, couldn't even imagine. I mean, you've got people that are outright accepting of Trump and supporting him. Those ones are easy. You see those for what they are. You've got ones that start everything off with, I don't support Trump, but as if we're not at a turning point in our history. Like it's time to say that. It's not time to say that. Trump is the man of lawlessness foreseen in the scriptures. And people are afraid to say that when the people who support him are not afraid to attack them relentlessly with scripture. No, he's not the man of, of lawlessness. That's crazy talk. But they're allowed to believe in QAnon and that there's lizard people in our government that eat babies and molest children. They're allowed to go on believing that nonsense. They're allowed to go on believing that the election was stolen. Stolen. Massive lies that they have embraced that you can do nothing to convince them otherwise. But when I speak of the man of lawlessness, people imagine, well, that's going too far. No, this is giving it back to them. This is the reality of truth and the strength of truth being given back to those who attempt to twist and distort and create major lies, biblical level lies. How do we respond to this? If we want to be so shy when it comes to quoting the truth and the scriptures and mentioning Jesus and salvation and things of that nature, how do we fight, the, fight them back? Believe me, they're hearing about Jesus and truth and all of that in church and they're using that. They're drunk on that when they go forward promoting these lies. They think they have God on their side. They really do. Some of them come right out with it. Some of them try to use a, a more reasonable tip that isn't necessarily religious, more philosophical. Some of them just try to sound like they're taking the middle ground. But all of them have in common that they're not taking a stand during a time where a stand is required. There is a good fight. There is a good fight. The scriptures speak of a good fight. Guess what? A fight, you pick a side. You don't sit in the middle and say, oh, this fight, that's the problem. If they just stop fighting. No, there's a good fight because there's evil and it's relentless and it comes at you from a hundred different ways and it doesn't stop until you push back, until you reclaim the truth. You cannot sit idly by during the big lie. You cannot sit idly by with QAnon. QAnon with, with its the hidden cabal of Democrats that are molesting children. It's absolutely disgusting that their minds would go there when they have absolutely no evidence. And they all fail to see that that lie is set up because if you believe that nonsense, what else won't you believe? They got you to believe the most ridiculous thing there is so that when somebody says the election's stolen, well, that's easy for you to accept now. Now that you believe that there's lizard people who wear masks and uh, drink the blood of, of children. So if that nonsense is allowed to be spoken, I'm allowed to speak the truth and I'm allowed to quote scripture and I will quote scripture as long as it's necessary and it's forever necessary. 
because this this man of lawlessness it says will be destroyed by the breath of our savior's mouth what does that mean what does that mean that means by truth not by violence not by the sword not by the military see that's what they thought they were going to get they thought they were going to get some military uprising some military coup or maybe a civil war a race war you see they they require violence but the man of lawlessness is not destroyed by violence. He's destroyed by the truth. And what's the truth? Well, that's the son of man, isn't it? Christ says, I am the way and the truth and the life. The son of man. We refer to Christ oftentimes as the son of God. We neglect the fact that he's the son of man. What does it mean that he's the son of man? It means that he's a servant to mankind. It means that he's a servant to humanity. It means that he lifts humanity up. It means that his very essence is there, not just to save us, but to sanctify us, to lift us up, to bring about his kingdom. So Christ is there with the truth. He's there with the truth. And what do we have in this country right now? We have a democracy. And that democracy is what overcame the violence that we saw, a violence that would have become much worse. But the scriptures speak of God cutting it short because if it lasted too long, who knows if we could have been saved. So the truth overcame the violence. The breath of God's mouth overcame the violence. The son of man lifted up the people. You hear that? The son of man. Well, that was the language of the time, right? Man. But what does he mean? Servant of the people. And what do we have here? A government that's supposed to serve the people. And that's what we're working for right now, isn't it? To get that back again. You see, the man of lawlessness, he wanted authoritarianism, not a government of the people. He didn't want that. He wanted to rule over others and others wanted them to rule, wanted him to rule them. That's not what the son of man is about. That's not what the servant of the people is about. That's not what the truth is about. So when I hear the man of lawlessness and these prophecies, I don't take them lightly. I don't think, oh, well, maybe they applied to a different time. What other time? What other time did in our history has democracy and the possibilities of finding our humanity and working together ever had the soil to plant that seed in such a way. When have we ever had that? So it doesn't surprise me that Christ speaks of, and the Bible speaks of the man of lawlessness. It doesn't surprise me at all, and it doesn't surprise me that it applies now. But if that first scripture didn't move you, I think that this one most certainly will. Then I saw a single angel standing in the sun and with a loud voice he shouted to the birds that fly in the mid heavens saying come gather together for the great supper of god so that you may feast on the flesh of kings on the flesh of commanders the flesh of the powerful and mighty men the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them and the flesh of all humanity both free men, slaves, small, and great. 
Then I saw the beast and the kings and the political leaders of the earth with their armies gathered together to make war against him who was mounted on the white horse and against his army. The beast was seized and overpowered and with him the false prophet who in his presence had performed amazing signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. Then those were hurled alive into the lake of fire, which blazes with brimstone and the rest were killed with the sword, which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and the birds fed ravenously and gorged themselves with their flesh. And then I saw those thrones and sitting on them, were those to whom judgment and authority to act as judges was given. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, those who had refused to worship the beast or his image and not accept his mark. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Wow. Wow, some of you probably had a hard time listening to that because the symbolism, the symbolism is meant to be powerful there. And it is, it is birds eating on the flesh of kings. But what does the scripture speak of? What is this prophecy about? This is about God and his truth coming in for his people and standing up against those rulers and authorities who sought to rule over God's people, who sought to distort the truth, who had deceived many. And these were not just rulers. These were all kinds of people. They were rulers, great men, small men, free men, enslaved men, and women, of course. When you hear the scriptures use men or refuse, re, referring to humanity. These were all kinds of people. These were all kinds of people who put their support behind the beast or the antichrist or the man of lawlessness. They all put their belief in this person. He deceived them and they accepted that lie. And as they did so, they surrounded the people of God they applied force to the people of God who were attempting to speak the truth but were not being heard, who insisted on doing the right thing, who insisted on not believing the lie. So Christ, the truth, the servant of man, the servant of people, of the people, comes in removes the man of lawlessness, removes the beast and the false prophet, the false prophet, which sounds a lot like somebody who marketed for the beast, right? Somebody who promoted his lies. It could be, it could be a sense of those on the right, the false Christianity that provided support to the beast. It could be those technologies, those social medias that allowed a platform for the beast. Well, guess what? The beast, the man of lawlessness and that false prophet both burned 
and the lake of fire, both tossed in there. And that's hard. That's hard to hear, isn't it? The lake of fire makes people so uncomfortable. It's supposed to, but trust me, it's not for you who believe and who promote the truth. It's not for you. It's for those who lie. It's for those who believe there's no consequence to their action. Those who twist and distort the scriptures. God doesn't have time for that. God promotes a millennial rule. A millennial rule. Something we're not, we don't talk about much anymore. But wasn't uncommon in previous political language. I'm not talking about Y2K. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an age. Because remember, that a lot of this is symbolism. It doesn't mean necessarily a thousand years. It means a reign, a long reign of peace and truth. And that's what the man of lawlessness and his followers need to believe. These Trump supporters, they need to hear that. Those lies will not last. They will not last. They will be overcome and they will be pushed to the extremes of society. And they're not going to like that. They're not going to like that. They're going to curse God. The scripture speaks of when they receive this judgment, it's like hailstones falling on their head and that they will curse God. They will never, many of them will never accept the truth, but that's okay. The time for that is not now. The millennial reign of Christ and of truth does not require that now. But that language of millennial reign was, was used by our civil rights leaders. You know, my son's birthday was yesterday. He just turned nine and he's a sweet young boy. And I love him dearly and I believe he had a great birthday. But when I was planning this podcast, he asked me, without me mentioning anything, he said, are you gonna mention Martin Luther King Jr. in your podcast? And I said, you know, I'm, I was thinking about it, but now that you asked me, I certainly will. I'll mention it. And I thought about how on Facebook, and this happens every year, people post Martin Luther King Jr. memes, or posts, they're not jokes, they're memes. I mean, they're posts. So they do it every year, and usually they have a quote on there a quote that Martin Luther King Jr. used, famous quotes that are very nice and that are relevant. But what they often tend to do is take, miss the entire context of who he was as a person and what he stood for. And as I began thinking about Martin Luther King Jr., I, I was thinking to myself, you know, I feel like I fall in the same vein of civil rights leaders. Like there's the Malcolm X's, Right? There's the Martin Luther King Jr.'s. So there's, there's different philosophies. Uh, there's Black Panthers. There's the idea that uh, violence is the only thing that the white man understands. There's the idea that only nonviolence works. So I, I feel like I have like a modern take on Martin Luther King Jr. And that, I, that I'm in the same vein. And Martin Luther King Jr. had this biblical understanding this biblical understanding that the good works that the, that the scriptures speak of are relevant for today. They're relevant for today. And that our battle now is the battle. Not just a battle, but the battle. He understood 
He understood where we were as a civilization. He understood where we were as a democracy, where we were with technology. He understood these things, but we don't hear that so much. We imagine that he was just strictly on the civil rights tip, you know, black rights. We don't think of him as a man who viewed things as a whole, as one who believed in civil rights, economic justice, and the coming millennial reign of Christ. We don't think of those things, but that, that was the picture that he was painting then. And you can listen to his speeches and the speeches of other leaders, and you will hear mention of that millennial reign. And what were they talking about? They were talking about a time when people were prepared to see humanity as a whole, that it wasn't about race anymore, that it wasn't about looking backwards and viewing the foreigner as an enemy. But it was about looking forward to see the human race in line with Christ as the son of man, the servant of the people of humankind. That there was coming a time when people would recognize that. Are you hearing MLK and me right now? Because that's what I'm saying. He's speaking a similar message to what I, what I speak. It wasn't just a simple civil rights message. And remember, those on the right and others on the left, but those who follow the big lie and the man of lawlessness, they like to snatch up those truths, don't they? They like to snatch them up and distort them and use them and claim them as their own. It's time to stand up. It's time to stand up and claim it and speak it loudly because the truth is powerful and that's what's going to bring about the millennium. A time of peace and justice, not of perfection, but a time where all humans are viewed as such. A time when there's economic justice, where all people are supplied with enough from the fruits of our society so that they can focus on the development of their higher faculties. And when we begin to develop our higher faculties, we start to do what Jesus would do. We start to love one another. We start to see one another, to hear one another and act together in kindness towards one another. And that is sustainable. We have the technology, we have the government system, we have the ideas, we have all of those things. And all we have lack is the will to implement it because people are too engaged in big lies. People are too engaged in ideas that dehumanize one another and demonize and want to pretend that they don't possess these ideas because they're too ashamed to admit it out loud, but they say it behind closed doors and they believe it in their mind and in their heart. How are they going to change if they're going to change? With the truth. The same truth that they distort, we're going to switch it back the way it belongs and give it to them the right way and speak it strongly and not be ashamed to use the scriptures, not be ashamed to speak of Jesus because they made it that way. They made Jesus's name a shameful thing, something that's hard to speak because they twisted and distorted it and committed the worst sorts of sins in his name. And all religions have been guilty of this. But Jesus doesn't belong to religion. He belongs to himself and he belongs to the people. 
the servant of man. So will you stand with me? Will you stand with me and speak up and not be ashamed? When you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, know that the end is near. Know that the end is near. Meaning, know that the beginning of the reign of Christ is near. Will you take a stand? Because they're going to come at you with every single level of gaslighting you can imagine. I don't believe the big lie, but I don't, I'm not a Trump supporter, but, or what about all the good things that Trump, Trump accomplished without, without it, with ignoring the uh, context of it all, allowing for no context, just one-sided reports on some things that he did. Now, mind you, I've, I've already ex expressed uh, the worst of us d does good things for whatever reason. By chance, just because uh, there's different levels of behavior within character structures, nobody's all or nothing. But without the context, they're going to try to hit you with that. Like, oh, he wasn't so bad. They're going to come at you so many ways. Don't give it the time of day. As soon as you start having to defend yourself and you're in the position of, of defending yourself or explaining, they already know what it is. You don't need to explain it to them. They know what it is. They're relentless. They know better than you what it is. They're coming at you with their lies that they have no intention of listening to any other facts. No intention, no matter how reasonable they sound. They may sound like, oh, I just don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Or I want to uh, understand better. No, that's not what they're trying to do. We, we've been explaining it to them forever. Forever. It's time for them to, uh, they're smart enough. They've got this big, long rationalization for everything that's occurred. So if they're, they're smart enough to possess that rationalization, they're smart enough to string some reasonable thoughts together. We don't have to explain it to them. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't those who do require and aren't seeking. We do have to have a discerning eye. But I'm just letting you know, they are relentless and we need to take a stand. And it is okay because there is a good fight. You don't get to sit and say, oh, can't we just all get along? No, we can't. Because evil is relentless. Especially now. Especially now. So no, we can't just get along. Unfortunately, so many of the people that are acting like they just want to get along and if people would just stop arguing with each other and, and politics wasn't so extreme, they fall on the side of the man of lawlessness. Because how many times have we been told the absence of good in the face of evil is evil itself? If you see somebody in need and you do nothing while others violate them, you are guilty of violating them as well. That is where we are right now. So I want everybody to consider these things. Think about them and know that as you embrace them, you are part of that kingdom, that millennial rule, that you will reign as a king and a priest in this kingdom of Christ that is coming. 
Don't be afraid to speak up. Your time is now. They'll, there will be those who curse God until the end of time. Pay them no mind. They've lost. They're on the wrong end of things. The millennial rule is at hand. Will you join me? Will you join me in our human evolution? In our human rev revolution? And we will move forward. We will use technology to benefit all people, to give everybody a standard of living that allows us to develop our higher faculties, love, peace, happiness, kindness, goodness, righteousness. Will you stand with me? Because that time is now. There's no time to look back. We're not gonna make America great again. We're not gonna appeal to some other time as great. Our greatness is before us. Let's grab hold of it and move forward. God is on your side. God is on your side. God bless you listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to speaking with you as usual. Again in the future. Let's move forward together. Having the conversations that lead to positive change. This has been another edition of Sanity with Jesse Wyatt. Wire is brought to you by Spotify in partnership with SMM Productions. Silk Music and Media Productions, destined for greatness.